Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome everyone to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley, and with me today is my guest, Daylene Higgins. Welcome to the show, Daylene. I'm so excited to have you on today. How are you? I am wonderful, and thank you for the um, opportunity. I'm excited to chat about this today. So Daylene is the owner and driving force behind Elevate Finances, and I want you, of course, to tell us all about how that came to be, but you're also going to be sharing some fantastic financial insights that really the listeners can take and implement right away, I think, into their own budgeting and planning and that kind of thing, right? You bet. Awesome. Elevate Finances came to be, ironically, because I retired at the age of 50. So these stories kind of blend together. I was the age 35 when I realized I had the option to retire as early as 48 um, due to a pension that I had. And I say it was an option because the day I decided to retire, I would take a 40% cut in pay. So I knew I needed to get focused and I knew I needed to have all my ducks in a row to, to have that option when I was ready. And so I did work two more years beyond that. I was ready. And so prior to my retiring, I know 50, not ready for the recliner every day, all day, you know, not visiting the senior citizen center yet, although I do, and I'll share, you know, a little bit about that as well. But, and I thought, what am I going to do? And so I just thought through all of the different options and ideas and things I could, you know, volunteer and all of the things. And so I was just realizing the freedom feeling I was having of retiring, which was my financial dream. Um, and I know everybody's financial dream is different, but I wanted to be able to help others be able to, you know, have that same feeling for whatever it is their dream was. And so I began Elevate Finances and became a financial coach. I took the certification exam in April, opened business June 1, which was officially my very first day of retirement. So been in business for about 14 months now, and I love numbers. So in my prior work, I was a finance manager and I helped law enforcement officials learn to budget. They had to create budgets from their knowledge of what they needed to, you know, give to the auditor's office so that they would have the budget. So I was that um, helpful stepping in between to be able to translate that as well. I love helping people figure out how to get from point A to point Z, right? We might have that many steps and overcoming any hurdles, whether that is a mindset or, you know, frustration, whatever it is, to be able to get through that, build the steps, and, you know, finally find that confidence to go through those steps and get there. So that's how I came to be and how I am, you know, serving clients and I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. There's nothing like being able to do what you love to do, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. So I want to touch on a couple of things that you you mentioned in there, and that's budgeting, because that's a huge thing for people. How important is budgeting? You know, everybody's like, well, how can I be good with money? Or what do I need to do to retire, right? The same answer for both of those, and that is a budget. So as I was looking to retire, so I retired in June, February, March, I was creating my retirement budget. I was getting closer. I knew what I needed. I knew what I had, you know, estimating all of the things and making the plan. And going back to age 35 and really starting to um, create my budget, stick to my budget, have it serve me, I realized the power it had. I know some people feel like it is restrictive and they can't do it. They're forgetting some elements then because I always, advise my clients to add an element of food. We cover all the bills, all the requirements, you know, so shelter, food, water, all of those types of things. And then the next thing I help them put in is what is your one thing that you enjoy the most out of life? A recent client, he came to me with um, mounds of debt and he's like, I need my music. My music is where I can stay and focus and it's my mental health. And so we did. We made that fit. Figuring out your budget is, it can be difficult. And I, the other thing I see people is, I have a budget, but it didn't work. Your budget is only a plan, right? It's not going to be exact. Even after 20 plus years of using a budget faithfully, and it's changed, obviously, because I have to add things in, take things out, constantly revising it. But you have to remember, it's flexible. It's a plan to guide. But honestly, it's not going to be exact, you know. But the more you do, the better you're at it, the better you understand your spending habits and needs. And you can be able to, you know, keep those, whether you're doing it by certain categories or just in, you know, bank accounts, they'll get closer. You won't have to shuffle as much. And I think that is the prime place to be is where you're like, oh, okay, I'm about $10 short, so I just need to shuffle. Or, oh my gosh, I have some extra. I can support something else. And it's so freeing, I felt, and like the driver. You know, it's the driving force for your money and telling it where to go because you want to do these things. So making sure your goals are supported within that budget. So that would be the next thing after you add fun in there is you've got to add all of the money that's going to support you for your goal, you know, and get those in there and start balancing it because you're still going to want to live for today, but you've got to remember, you've got to live in the future. So yeah, yeah. Budgets are, I know it's like the, it's the love-hate relationship, but I believe that if you create one that is compatible with you, that you can learn to love it. That's excellent advice. Being flexible and, and having that budget for fun or the budget for something that really helps support your, your mental well-being, your health, that is so important because, as you said, it can feel so restrictive that you just want to fight against it. And it's just like, I'm going to just go the whole opposite direction. And then what does that do? That defeats the purpose of your plan in the first place. And I love how you said that You've got to work the plan that you have established 
if you're not going to follow the plan, you're not going to get where you want to go. It's like driving directions, right? You start taking these wrong turns, you're not going to end up where you wanted to be. So those are some great points. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the maybe myths that people have in this struggle with budgeting? What are some things that people may, or misconceptions maybe that people have? You know, and it really is the, that it's, it has to be exact is definitely one that there's only one right way to do it. You know, my, my parent taught me to do this. My sister showed me how to do this, my neighbor and you know, it doesn't work. So there, the myth is that there's not one right way. There's a one right way for you. And that is you that you need to find that. And then that budgeting isn't the end, right? A lot of people, I create a budget and then I'm good. Well, there's some other steps within, you know, I call it a money routine that you've got to learn to manage the cash flow, you know, making sure you're keeping track of your expenses. And where is that money in all of those different accounts? Are you getting it to the right savings account? Are you getting it to the right investment account? You know, and all of those things, but is it hitting there as soon as possible? And you know that within your mind. Those are, those are good points there. And I want to talk a little bit more about, because you mentioned multiple bank accounts. And so it sounds like you, you sort of suggest that people have separate places that they're keeping their money. And so what can you tell us about that and, and what your thoughts are? Yes. After you create your budget, you need to have a tracking method. And so you know, you've heard of budget apps or there's a lot of those can be very huge learning curve. And if that's not something that you want to even tackle, um, you can open up separate bank accounts for your bills, your spending and your savings. Um, and then your savings needs to be in the, you know, if it's at your emergency funds, is it your vacation fund and where is that so that you can get it when you need it. So understanding those setups and realizing that, I had a client, so we set her up on the budget app and she's loving it, but she doesn't remember that it's not controlling her bank account, you know? So it's a matter of setting up that whole entire thing to try to get it to flow the right way and be available for those bills when they need to be paid. And, you know, be in a high yield savings account as long as possible to earn that interest rate, especially right now, those have gone up, which is nice. It's hard when other when it's gone up on other things as well, but just know that your liquidity money that's sitting there for an emergency can be earning some decent money right now. So, yeah, I want to talk a, a little bit more about that specifically, and and also like how can you suggest that maybe for somebody who's thinking this is really complicated, like this is a lot more than I wanted to get into, how could they keep it simple but still, you know, earn more interest on their money while it's sitting there and that kind of thing. What do you suggest? Um, so when you create your budget, instead of creating all of the categories, you can build out, you know, a first step, make sure you're paying yourself. That's your savings amount. And that is being divided either between your employer investments and or your savings. Get that in there so that you don't touch it. Then you have all your bills amount. So that's one way make sure those bills are getting auto paid or you're manually paying them on time and that money is in that account. And then another account, which is your spending. And you just keep an eye on that. And as long as you paid yourself first, then 
as long as you stay within that spending amount, you don't overspend, then you're okay. So in a sense, you're only need to, you know, needing to worry about three things. Here's my savings, here's my bills, and here's the rest of the money. And I get to do with this what I want until payday, and then I get this much more. There's a lot of ways to be very, you know, simplistic. Like even with your spending, if you're like, okay, but I'm overspending that amount. Okay, then pick one expense that you want to track and only track that and don't worry about anything else. So, you know, starting small, it's it's just like running a marathon. You don't start out day one and go, I have to run 26 miles because that's what it's going to be, you know? And it's like the same with this. It's like, okay, if you're tracking your spending and you've never done it, going from no tracking to full tracking is like, I'm sorry, but I don't have time for that either, you know? And now I'm set up a, a budget, so it just comes in there. There's lots of ways to do that, but it is a learning curve. But, you know, just choosing one if you're like, no, I overspend at, well, whether it's clothing and shoes or eating out or whatever it may be, and you want to strive to be better, just focus on that one thing. And then eventually you'll want to see more and you'll be able to do more. Awesome. Thank you for kind of going into a little bit more detail about that and, and showing how it, it can be simple, you know, really, if you're just focusing on the kind of the three main important things, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You were talking about tracking expenses. And so really, how important is that in this process? You know, staying within how much money you have, it is kind of important. But creating that system that's going to help you be successful in tracking is also the second piece of it. I was working with a client who found herself divorced after 40 plus years. So, you know, technology, not really comfortable with. So we initially started out with pen and paper. I said, let's just do pen and paper. You're used to the checkbooks, right? The check registers that we had back in the days. And then she came to me after a couple of months and she goes, this is too much work. I didn't want to have to worry about this. So I said, okay, let's simplify it even more, you know? And so we just put her into the bank account system. And I said, you know, because she had it all laid out. She had her bills. And she had her savings and she was like, it's already done. And I said, then you only need to worry about this bank account. And if you look at it, you know, every two, three days and know that, you know, if you went and spent a lot of money, see how much you have left. If you're going to go spend money, see how much money you've got. And she, so, you know, you can just set those gauges and set those measures differently for you if you want. I had a client just text me today and she said, she's on the budget app. I am as well. And it was a little bit of a learning curve, but she's done well. And she texts me, she says, hey, so I have a subscription that I've been wanting to cancel and I just keep forgetting. So instead of accruing the expenses that she know and she was going to return me items, I just left them hanging there. So every time I get in my budget app, it was my reminder, you know, and so that the helpful side of that to somebody who's very busy and involved, but needing to do those things, that's it for her. So key is on tracking expenses is to find your balance find where you're comfortable find what supports your personality and find what's going to help get you to your goals yeah excellent and you've mentioned a, a budgeting app is there one in particular that you're describing or are you just mean in general you can use anyone i use ynab and i have used it for oh gosh probably 10ish years now 
And so, you know, I have a lot of knowledge behind that one, but there are others. There's Every Dollar, there's Honeydew. You know, there's a lot of things that work very similar and you can hook them up to your bank account so that as your spending comes in, you just assign it to your budget lines in there. And so, you know, it kind of automizes the whole process that way. And it's not a lot of tracking or keeping track of receipts. So yeah, yeah. And then I know that you were talking about pen and paper. And there are a lot of people who still are very uncomfortable with online banking and using these kind of apps and stuff. And so what do you suggest for people who want to stick to pen and paper? Is there like using graph paper? Is it just lined paper? You know, is there something that you can suggest for people that want to kind of stay old school? Yeah, yeah. So your bank should still have check registers. So if you want to stay comfortably with that, you can grab some from them. You could also do a spreadsheet. So if you want to do computer, right, create it there. But otherwise, a notebook is just going to be just as handy. You can put the date, put where it was or type of, you know, depends on how you want to write it on that lane and the amount and just kind of keep going. And so tracking, you can track by category. If you have a set amount for groceries, and then you would kind of keep a sheet for that and kind of keep moving forward. Paper, paper. It worked for many years and there's nothing wrong with that. And another option that I love is cash envelopes, especially if you're just mm -hmm. starting out. I know cash seems like, oh, but you know, it, it really gets you into, you're touching money, you're seeing it leave your hand, you're seeing it come into your hands. So some people really benefit from even just using that for a short period of time. And then they've learned their categories and then they can choose whether to go to just the bank accounts or an, a budget app. Thank you for bringing up that uh, point about the cash envelopes, because I think that visually that is so helpful for some people, especially if you have a tendency to splurge by and, you know, purchase things that you really don't need when you actually are seeing that cash, like you have to count it out and and hand it to somebody else. I think that it brings to your awareness, like, do I really need this item or not? Yeah. Yeah. It is. I would go to the bank. I used this for probably about two and a half years because I really needed to get down and dirty with my money because we had just, my sister-in-law had passed. So now we were responsible for the mortgage on our house, which is a whole different story. So we created cash envelopes and it was, it was an amazing um, journey through that. I would go to the bank and I would you know, have it spelled out. I need this many 50s, this many 20s, this many 10s, all the way through. And, you know, they'd kind of look at me funny. And then you come home, you put it in your envelopes. But you, I wouldn't necessarily take all the envelopes with me. And I wouldn't necessarily take the envelope with me either. So we'd go to the grocery store. You know, I'd just take the money with me that I was going to spend. But also watching people as you're handing them cash and they look at you kind of funny. So it, it does put a little element of fun and surprise in there on both sides, you know, at the bank and then when you're spending it so that you can enjoy this journey as you're trying to really understand your habits, become aware. And awareness is huge that, you know, with the cards and Venmo and all of that, it is so easy to just do and not really think about, right? It's not saying the fact that you shouldn't, it's just that second step of, oh, this amount of cash leaving my envelope is a lot. Do I really need it? So yeah, yeah, it's 
It's such a good method to use to get in tune with yourself, to really zone into your awareness and build that up. So once I did that and went into the budget app, I also use a credit card for all my expenses that I, I know what I spend and I know what I spend where because I've done the cash for so long. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And and talking a little bit about also is you're, you're saying the money journey and it's like the journey that you're on and the things that you're buying and what's important to you and what's going to get you to your goal. That is all important. And then you can appreciate what you're buying, I think, a little bit more when you do see that money go. It's like I've, I've worked for this money. I've earned this money. I'm spending this money on something I'm choosing and I enjoy. And I think that's a, a positive way to look at it too, right? Yes, yes, exactly. This one gets a little more technical. So a lot of people don't do this, but if you think about a purchase and you divide it by your wage, your hourly wage, it's going to tell you how many hours you actually had to work for that. And, you know, maybe not everything you want to do that with, but if you're looking at buying a new piece of furniture because maybe you don't need one, just evaluating that from different aspects can really help you understand, you mean, at a job that I don't really care to be at, and it's 20 hours of my time is the cost of this couch, you know? And it just kind of helps put things in a different perspective so you're able to start being more in tune and being more intentional. And I think that's what being successful with your money is, is learning to be intentional for you and where you're headed and what you want out of life, right? So you're not going to want the same things as I because our level of fun and what we do in our hobbies and all of that is different. But, you know, understanding that I am intentional in my way and you're intentional in your way, but it's the same idea. It's the same, it's the same path we're walking on to our different destinations. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, I want to change gears and go back to you. You talked about retiring at 50 and, you know, you said initially you were about 35, kind of looking at some of that. What if there's somebody who doesn't have that opportunity? They're, they're beyond 35 now. They maybe already are 50 or above. What are some things maybe that they can do to begin this process to maybe help speed up their time that they can retire. Yes. Yeah. So you're 50 plus and I plan on retiring at 65 and shoot for that right now, right? See where you're at. See what your retirement income is going to look like then. Maybe you have a little bit of savings in retirement. Anticipate what that's going to grow to and then start evaluating where you are in your spending right now. Again, right? So you have your budget, you know where you're spending, you know what your current needs are. And then as you move forward, are you going to relocate? Are you going to downsize? You know, making all of those shifts at that time, that's going to um, place another effect on it as well. And then from current, do you have a lot of debt? You can start paying that down because then that means you don't need as much outgo. And so just trying to balance it from both sides of that and pursuing that you can leave. And who knows, if you start on the journey at 50, and you're aiming for 65, my journey was only 15 years as well, you know? And so being intentional from this point forward and knowing what it is you want to have at 65, where are you going to live? 
What do you want to, what does life look like to you? What does fun look like to you? And all of those things. And so you're going to kind of reverse engineer, but also look at your current state. Can I reduce my expenses? Can I reduce my debt? Because then I'm not going to need as much outgo. If you go to a financial planner, he's going to ask, he, she is going to ask, well, how much you got to live on? If you don't know your budget now, how are you going to know it? And so, you know, really getting focused and really start moving. And I know there's also that thing there like, well, I just tell everybody they're only going to need 80% of their wages. Well, how does somebody know that? You know, I was able to step into mine at 60% because I had cut back. Everything that was outgoing of my check was going into savings. And I was able to live on 60% of my income even prior to it. So, you know, that automation thing of, okay, you're just going to need 80% of what you make right now. So if you're making 60,000 a year, 80% of that, what if you could live on 50%, you know? And so, I don't know, I'm somebody who loves to take a challenge and prove somebody wrong. Like, nope, that's not going to, you know, be the baseline. But what if you are that person that you're currently living on 110% of your income, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to look at it from both sides and start preparing. So to be more action step pointed for those who are 50, start planning on retiring at 65. Look at what you have now. You can anticipate the growth within that for, you know, the next 15 years. Get a budget right now. Get really set on living on a certain amount, reducing your debt. And then as you reduce your debt, you're going to increase your savings. And so eventually that 65 might come down to 62 and it might come down to 59. Now here's the caveat I also have to drop there. You can't touch your um, 401s or your IRAs until age 59 and a half, right? But if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing so well. And I didn't think I was doing this well, but it looks like I could believe at 55, you're going to have to plan and put things in a different investment plot so that you could touch it before that time. Just kind of figuring out that whole story and putting all the pieces together while it can seem daunting. Hopefully you'll think about it as an excitement. I'm headed into that next phase and I want my next phase of life to be enjoyable. I want to have as much fun then as I am having now, or maybe more. I think we should have more fun in our later years. Absolutely. I mean, you've worked so long, right? You should be able to enjoy that time when you stop working and do whatever it is that you want to do and have the means to do that. And something I wanted to bring up was talking about paying down the debt like as, as early as possible, because then, like you said, you shift that money into your savings. And what happens when you put more money in savings in a high yield interest account? It's going to build money. And more money, because then you're talking about what, what happens to, to money on top of money on top of money. Yeah. Yeah. It, it grows. Right. And I mean, right. um, so the, yeah, let's say give my daughter, she's 25. I'm like $50 a paycheck right now for the rest of your life till you retire. A 50 year old, you're going to need to put a little bit more. And I don't, there's an amount I can tell you. The amount I'm going to tell you is as much as you can, right? Put as much as you can in there. Also realize that if you're paying money tax-wise right now because kids have left the nest, and so Uncle Sam, you pay him $1,000 every year, put that in your 401 and 
that's a that's a one for one. You're not going to have to pay him taxes. And guess what? You get that when you retire. Yet you'll have to pay taxes on it then, but you have the money. You have the money. It's putting it in, letting it grow, understanding that compound interest phrase, which go Google that if you can. You know, it's not one of those terms that's going to be too hard to look at, but it just means that that earns money and then you add it to the baseline and that earns money and now you've added that to the baseline and it just keeps growing. So yeah. For sure. And and so you mentioned uh, a younger person putting just $50 away, you know, each month or whatever period of time they choose that compound interest. They've got such a long period of time before retirement that's going to build for them at a much higher rate than somebody who starts at 50. And so Again, going back to paying down the debt as soon as you can, you're going to give yourself more time to to have that compound interest build, and then you'll have more later. So fantastic. Yeah, great points. Love it. And I really enjoy this topic of saving money, investing money. And we have tried to teach our children these concepts as well, because, you know, our parents, we were lucky to have parents that taught us how to budget and save and plan for expenses. And so we're trying to pass that on to our children. And so I love that you're on to share this with the audience because not everyone had that experience growing up with parents who taught them how to save or to budget. And so, you know, to get this out to as many people as possible, I think is fantastic. And so what you're doing, helping your clients meet their goals is fantastic as well. And, and I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, so let's talk a little bit about maybe some books that you want to suggest that the listeners maybe pick up and, and or check out from the library and see if there's some information in there that can help like reiterate what we've talked about and helping them meet their financial goals. Yeah. So it just came to me. I have to share back in my 20s. You know, I went to the bookstore and I bought Retirement for Dummies and the guy at the front's looking at me because I'm in my 20s and I'm like, dude, I got to worry about it now, you know? So I don't suggest that one. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. No, anything on retirement. But my most favorite book I read was Financial Freedom by Grant Sabier. And just the pieces of advice in there were um, nuggets that you could take and they were actionable. He wasn't somebody who was, you know, talking at a high level. He was talking and speaking in everyday terms and giving you stuff. In fact, I did make my daughter listen to this audible. I'm like, you have to listen to this bit. You'll understand why I'm saying all of these things I keep saying to you, but it is about financial freedom. And that's what we're striving for when we retire um, my husband and I, he's been retired for four years. I've been retired for a year. And he, every so often he says, all I have to do is wake up every day to get a page. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that is the requirement is to wake up. But that is financial freedom, right? We have freedom of our time. We have freedom and choices of our jobs. And so reaching that at whatever age. And so maybe you're not able to fully retire you know, at 55, if that's what you're wanting, but maybe you're able to free up some of your time. And so that's why I love this book is that it gives you the whole idea of freedom through 
not only financial, but other different methods as well. But otherwise, any book you'll read, any size, you know, because I'm somebody that can devour over a thousand page books, but some people aren't. So find you something that is small and learn as much as you can. On my personal podcast, I share an episode of the six steps I use. And step six goes along with this. And this is the one that I repeated after, you know, over and over and over. And it's that learning that little piece of information and really understanding it and learning how to apply it. So whatever it was, whether I was trying to cut my certain expenses or, you know, manage my money better, all of the things, I would just learn as much as I could in all different places. So yeah, podcasts, blogs, if you're a reader and not a listener, you know, books, all the things, YouTube, it's everywhere, Instagram, and just consume what you can, but apply it and then choose another topic, learn about it and apply it. And that, that is a rinse and repeat, keep going on and your progress and knowledge, as you were saying, you know, we're, I was lucky to have parents teach and model for me. And I know it's not out there in our education space and any of this. And so we do have to take it upon ourselves to learn. So you know, just learn what you can, do your best. I made my share of mistakes and mistakes are fine, right? You learn from them and you grow and then share with somebody else. Excellent. And I do want you to share the name of your podcast as well. So the listeners can check that out. Yes. It's Wealthy After 40. And we talk about all things, you know, personal finance, savings, reducing debt, Heading to financial freedom. Excellent. And I do want to touch on something that you mentioned about maybe you can't retire entirely at 55, like you thought, or 60, like you were hoping, but maybe you could reduce the amount of work that you're doing or change careers into something else that's maybe a little bit more meaningful for you while you're still earning that income. And so I think that's something to consider as well. If you can, you know, make that happen to give you a little bit more sense of, of a retirement because you're maybe not having to work as many hours at maybe a job that you don't like. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think that's the, find the freedom where you can and just know it doesn't have to be the way it is right now. Yeah, awesome. Well, Daylene, I have so enjoyed our conversation and I do want you to um, also share the best way that people can get in touch with you if they have questions you know, that we maybe started to touch on, but they were like, oh, I, I don't quite understand that. How would they be able to reach out to you and, and ask those questions? Yeah, reach out to me on Instagram at elevate underscore finances and send me a DM. Or you feel free to join my Facebook community. It's all things personal finance. Jump in there and we are working on our way to financial freedom. There is a group. So I'd love to have you join that as well. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include all this information in the show notes so that people can easily find the groups and the Instagram and your podcast and all of that as well. So thank you again. It's been such a delight to have you on the show. I so appreciate it. Thank you. It's been awesome. All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening. 
Thank you all for being here. I'm thrilled to have you join me for my new podcast. If you found this episode enjoyable, I'd love for you to show your support by following, rating, and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback will not only help me improve, but it will also help others discover the content. Happy listening.